Welcome to this episode of Slashic Horror. And today's a very special episode because I have a guest with me and it's someone I really love and, and uh, I can't wait to introduce this person, actually. Um, it's Shelley from Tales of Point Horror Book Club. Hi, and say, uh, <laughs> Sorry, jumping straight in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, hi, Shelley. You okay? Hello. <laughs> Are you okay today? Yeah, I'm brilliant. Thank you. I'm so Aww. excited to have you on on Slash oh, Horror. I'm so excited! <laughs> Thanks for asking me. I was like really happy when you like messaged me and asked me because I just love chatting with you, Leroy. You know I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. And I thought because I've done a couple of um, of your film clubs, I thought okay, let's let's do a let's do an episode together. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so tell me a little, tell me a little bit about the Point Horror Book Club, how that came about. Yeah, so um, so obviously Point Horror was from the 90s, um, and as a teen, I devoured these books. Um, every weekend, I'd go and grab a new Point Horror uh, from WH Smith's back then, and uh, Otica's, I think it was, before it was Waterstones. And um, I kind of just wanted to, like, just reread some and see, you know, if, it, if they stand up to point to sorry not to point horrors to horrors nowadays and how they've transitioned over the time and I thought it'd be interesting to see and it has been interesting Mm, mm. (laughs) some of them have stood the test of time but some of them not so much (laughs) yeah yeah. absolutely um I mean that's that's the thing the funny thing is as well is that um when I I, th- I think the way I actually came across you was when I rejoined Twitter and I, I posted the picture of the Hitchhiker because I just got the yes. Hitchhiker book. Yeah. Um, so that's how I came across it and saw you had a book club for it. I was like, oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd been running it for a few years beforehand and then I kind of went on a bit of a hiatus just to rest it a little bit. Mm. And then I kind of brought it back and had this idea to do like Instagram live chats with like a guest and we can just chat about the book like a book club. Club. and it's just been really nice and it's been lovely like rediscovering the books and then finding people who love them just as much as me and oh it's just been great I just yeah. love it I love it so much it is a great platform <laughs> like I, I enjoy the chats and uh you know oh, thank you yeah it is a great platform and you've been you've been blogging for many many years now haven't you oh yeah I think it was so blogging since 2014 I'm mm. gonna say um so yeah so I started off um blogging then um and then it kind of just went from there and I won some awards for some of the blog posts that I'd done and and things like that so it was it's been quite a journey and I, I, I do love it and I love meeting authors and obviously reading and things like that so yeah, yeah. it's been it's been an interesting journey fun 
<laughs> Absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously, I suppose it it ties in a little bit as well with because um, I know I know you you like a good a good horror, a good nineties slasher horror, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, blood, <laughs> lots of blood. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> the more blood, the better. Yeah. <laughs> so, in terms of like your history of horror, how how did that kind of come about from from like being a, was it being a child? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I always blame my nan. Um, my nan, my poor nan, bless her soul. She she gets a bad rap, but I always blame my nan because she introduced me to horror by babysitting me and my brother and letting us watch The Evil Dead for casual viewing. You know, not scary at all. It was just like watching Fraggle Rock or something. You know, at the time, and she was like, "Oh, I don't know why you're scared of it. It's fine." And then obviously, I'd have nightmares. My brother would be just laughing and winding me up and making it worse and so yeah my nan kind of introduced me so to start off with the evil dead I think it's (laughs) quite (laughs) traumatizing but yeah from there it really got me and my brother into horror and then we moved on to like Chucky Mm. um and you know things like that so it it really gave us a bit I can say a thirst for the horror um but (laughs) you know what I mean and I think it's just escalated from there really <laughs> my poor nan she gets the blame <laughs> the evil dead's pretty gruesome one to start off with i'll, I'll say that much <laughs> honestly she was just like what because i was like i don't like it nan and she was just like i don't understand why <laughs> like why don't you like it and then every time like she babysit us she she like um got a different horror film each week or whatever and we saw all sorts with my nan she was like she was great (laughs) i love that (laughs) Uh, so today we're going to be talking about a certain horror film Um, yes yes and i'm so excited to talk about don't make me say it Leroy, because i can't say it i've been practicing (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm gonna make you say it now because i'm so intrigued to see to hear how you say it i've been practicing <laughs> I have to really think about it. So I say, if I don't think about it, I say it as poltergeist. <laughs> and I just can't stop saying it like that. So I've been practicing. So someone told me to say it like, remember, it's like heist. Mm. So <laughs> poltergeist. <laughs> I just can't say it. We'll just, we'll just call it the noisy ghost because that's the what noise. it is, really. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, that's the translation for it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, oh, so, it's so bad. Obviously, today, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, Poltergeist, is it? Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> um, a story of an American family in a new suburban area who um, their little daughter, Carol Ann, starts speaking to the uh, television. Weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And um, before they know it, she's uh, snatched away um, into another world and they spend the majority of the movie trying to get Carol Ann back. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in terms of Poltergeist, when when was the first time you saw, saw the film? So I would say I saw it with my brother. I can't remember exactly when. It would have been on VHS. Mm. Um, and we would have probably begged to have it out of the video store because obviously it would have been too scary <laughs> for <laughs> us. But um, I don't think it was actually my nan because my nan was more into like horror, horror. And like me mm. and my brother were really into like ghosts and supernatural stuff. 
Um, so I'm going to blame my brother for this one. But um, I just remember being absolutely terrified <laughs> of it um, and like certain scenes and like just the thought of that, you know, your parents always tell you television's bad for you, don't they? And then yes. quite clearly <laughs> it really was bad for Carol Ann. But, um, but yeah, I think it was probably just at home, VHS, terrified, Ooh. didn't sleep for many nights after and even the thought of watching it now when we was re-watching it for this chat, like I was getting like really quite like anxious about re-watching it because it had such an impact on me when I was younger. Mm. Yeah. But, how, how about you? Do you remember? I, I don't remember the specifics. I just, my, my sister's very much into to ghosts and stuff. So I know that much. So it probably would have been my, my sister who introduced it to me. But mm-hmm. again, it was probably one of those films that we, we already had. I just remember that the VHS box art that I had was really crap for it. It wasn't <laughs> Carol Ann touching the screen. I'm, I'm just, uh... I don't know. I can't even remember what it was. I'm sure it's like a black and white sort of image, but uh-huh. I remember that much. But there was something, like you said, about with the TV that I just mm. found really creepy the way that she just <laughs> talked just, to the yeah, TV. Just talked talk- to the TV with the hands on the TV. And it's like, yeah, TV's bad for you, kids. Don't watch TV. <laughs> You'll get sucked <laughs> in and then you have to fight your way out. But yeah, um, it was terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if that was just the general, the general <laughs> message to start off with. Because to be fair... <laughs> As much as it's it's a big horror film, it's a big well known horror film. It's quite a PG sort of horror film, really. Yeah, it's not it's not got a lot of blood in it or mm. or gore or things like that. But it is just like it's the unseen, isn't it, that gets mm. you the that kind of creepiness and the things that you know things can come to life. Like I had a clown that looked like that clown, <laughs> and my nan brought it for me and. Um, no, years before this film came out, but it used to just sit on top of my cupboard, and like that's what my brother used to wind me up about. He used to be like, "That's the clown out of Pol- Poltergeist." Look, I can't say it. <laughs> um, that's the clown out of that film, and like he's going to come and get you in the night. And it really did look like that clown, and I was terrified. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a creepy clown. I I don't really get scared of clowns as such, but. It is a creepy clown. And yeah. funnily enough, I, I remember you telling me that you had a clown that was yeah. similar to me. My mum said that she did as well. Oh. When I talked to her about it, and she, I was just like, were you scared of it? She goes, absolutely terrified. I was yeah. like, why did you have it? It's like, I don't even know. It was really creepy. If I can ever find a picture of it, I will mm. try. I haven't got it anymore for obvious reasons. But, <laughs> but it was like creeping. It just used to sit on the top of the wardrobe, just staring at me while I was sleeping. Mm. <laughs> and like, it was terrifying. But why? It must have been a thing back then, maybe. Clowns were a, a thing that you brought for people. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it was uh, it was terrifying. But it's weird how that scene like made such an impact on me to make mm. me so scared because that scene really isn't that long in the film. It's not, no. Yeah. Do you know what? Rewatching it, like I said, I've I've seen this a million times, but rewatching it, I thought to myself, the clown's not really in it that much. Yeah, but, but it's the yeah. thing that you. Well, I know I remember the clown especially in this and when I re-watched it I thought it's why like when I was younger that scene seemed to take forever and then mm. it was literally over in like two not even probably two minutes that scene yeah. it's weird how it makes an impact on you 
It was definitely because I had one. That's what it was, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what what I kind of love about the film, just in general, though, is is kind of like the the commentary of the time. Like, so obviously the Freelings, you know, they're um they're a middle class American family in mm. this brand new suburban area. Um, you know, it's all very much, uh, you know, that's that's a real estate a real estate agent. Mum stays at home. They're building a pool in the backyard, so it's yeah. kind of like that commentary on middle class America to get the that gets the film set up. And you know, there's so many references to like the Americana of the time. Like it literally starts with the Star Spangled Banner, mm. um, and yeah. obviously Steve um, reading Reagan's uh, Ronald Reagan's biography. And that's oh what yeah, I'm <laughs> That's a scene as well that passed me by when I was younger. Like when we was re-watching it, I said to my husband, I'm sure they're smoking weed, you know. And he was like, No. And I was like, they are. But I've never clocked that before until I rewatched it. It's obviously because now I'm older and I know. Mm-hmm. But obviously as younger, that scene just went over my head a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was noticing actually, like they've literally got like weed all over the bed when he yeah. starts jumping around as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Um, yeah. but yeah it kind of sets that that up so it, again like in terms of the, the pg horror if you will it kind of sets up that safety there at first mm. um i mean the imagery as well that's used at the start of the film um i've no i noticed there was a lot of use of the color yellow um, yeah so like obviously the the house like the interior of the house uh the tweedy the budgie that dies oh so it's kind of like that happy color and it's something that and i'll go on to this later on i know toby hooper Hooper directed it Mm. but it's a very steven spielberg thing Mm. he did it in jaws during the um kill with alex kinter with yellow everywhere i've never clocked that Mm. before Mm. um but it's as soon as Tweedy dies and is buried that you get the overcast of the clouds coming over. Mm. So it's kind of clever how they did that, I think. Yeah, that is clever. And, and when I rewatched it, because I know you'd mentioned that to me, so I like looked out for that and it's something I've never noticed, but it really does. It's like it's like it draws that line and it's almost like, right, this is it now. This is mm. where it's going to you know, kick off and, and start. Um, it's very clever and it like makes you feel like you're kind of in in the tv i know that sounds like really <laughs> weird but do you know what i mean I it draws so. you in it draws <laughs> you in like so you feel a bit uneasy a little mm. bit that color i know you're saying it kind of makes it bright but for me it kind of made it a bit more eerie mm. a little bit just just a bit uneasy unless it's because i knew what was going to happen but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is almost like though, like that that palette of of those colors. It, after that, it's pretty much just you know, it's it kind of disappears. It's mm. you know, it's a lot of blues or just Reds. dark shadows and such. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. They really played played up to that, so it is kind of like drawing you into like like this this other world, if you will. Yeah, um, I mean, the biggest thing for me with this film is like the themes of childhood childhood fears i mean the clown which we've we've just oh, discussed yeah. for a star um but also like you know the the tree outside the uh, robbie's window oh, that, that's yeah. terrifying and i do think as well and i was saying this to my husband because my husband just thinks i'm crazy anyway but i do think that imagery of the tree i think this film has impacted a lot of of my fears in life (laughs) maybe because I watched it when I was very young but it's like if there's a shadow in our bedroom 
like when we're going to sleep, like across the ceiling. I can't go to sleep. I have to like find where it is and cover it up. Mm. And that sounds like really bizarre. But when I was watching that film, I thought, I think that's where I've got my fear of like something looming at the window, like casting a shadow from. It's scary. It is though, isn't it? I mean, like the tree, like literally looks like it has multiple faces in it as well. Terrifying. And then like, obviously there's the fear of the the lightning, um, the closet. So it's it's all those sorts of childhood fears that... Spielberg, I'm just going to say, because let's face it, it's, it's Steven Spielberg who's come up with yeah. this, because it's in, it was in fact these things that he was afraid of as a kid that he wanted mm, to watch the film, yeah. that embodies like that, you know, that that childhood fear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, it's something else I noticed with the tree as well, is the tree that's outside the window, there's also later on when Steve and his boss go to the graveyard where they're going to build a new plot of houses. <laughs> yeah. There's a very similar tree there. So that's kind of like yeah. a hint of what's going to happen. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'd noticed that this time as well. I thought, oh, that's the, the same tree. And it's like, mm, okay, so it's just going to start all over again. <laughs> yeah. um, they don't learn the lesson, do they? Don't no, the absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, I mean, for, for you, just generally, what what's your biggest standouts in in the film um, in terms of scenery and scenes and what um, have you? I'd say one of my favourite scenes is <laughs> it's like, it's really weird, um, but you know when they're like burying um, is it Birdie or um, Tweedy? I think Tweedy it is. is it? Yeah. Um, and then it's just always stuck in my head when she says. Can I have a goldfish now? And like, and it's just so typical of like what I would say when I was little. So like that scene just for that line is just I just think it just captured like childhood in a sentence. <laughs> and, and I think Heather O'Rourke actually kept the two goldfish as well after yeah. filming, um, which I thought was really sweet. Um, but I, my, one of my favourite scenes is the scene where um, Diane, so the mom, uh, when it's all kicking off at the end, and obviously she's um, been possessed and attacked in the bedroom, and she's going round the bedroom. Yes. Now, this scene, I looked it up because I was like, I wonder what came first, Nightmare on Elm Street doing this? Yeah, I did or, the same. <laughs> or this film. And um, it was obviously this film. Yeah. And I thought, well, you know, that's quite interesting because you automatically think of Nightmare on Elm Street when she's rolling mm. around the room. And they use the same kind of technique with the box, yeah. moving her around. And I just think that scene is even like thinking about Nightmare on Elm Street, that's the scene that terrifies me the most, that that you could just be possessed and thrown around a room mm. like that. And it's terrifying. <laughs> so that's kind of one of my favourite scenes, it's just because just pure horror. <laughs> it literally is, though. Do you know what the, the funny thing is? I, I, I'm a big fan of the scary movie films, the parodies. Yeah. And obviously in Scary Movie 2, they, they take the piss out of Poltergeist, they take the piss out of Haunting of um, Hill House and mm-hmm. uh, all those sorts of films. But I never realised the scene with Tori Spelling was meant to be taking the piss out of that scene where she's thrown around the room. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that makes it funnier, actually. <laughs> Doesn't it? 
But yeah, no, instantly, like when I was watching it, again, I've seen this a thousand times, so I don't know mm. why I never clocked this before. I instantly thought, Nightmare on Elm Street. And then I remember yeah. that came after. But it makes sense that maybe Wes Craven got the inspiration for the rotating room from Poltergeist. Mm. Yeah, I just never clicked it before. And it's just so effective. It's such an effective way. Like nowadays, you'd probably be like CGI'd or whatever. Mm. But like old school way being thrown around a room that's what you want that's what you want in life absolutely (laughs) and um oh sorry Lou I was just gonna say (laughs) I'm just gonna say another scene um that I absolutely love is the swimming pool scene at the end like that whole 14 minute ending where it all kicks off the the swimming pool scene where obviously she falls in, so Diane, the mum, falls in the swimming pool mm. and then she's trying to claw her way out and then there's, like, the skeletons and oh, that. Yeah. But apparently she didn't want to do that scene and she didn't want to get in. Um, and she kind of, um, I think Spielberg, who was always on set, um, Conveniently. He, he said, look, I'll tell you what, she didn't want to get in because of all the lighting rigs and all the yeah. electricity. And he was like, I'll tell you what, I'll get in with you. And then if you die, I die kind of thing. And I was like, what a man. What a man. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure her union probably wasn't happy about that. But <laughs> yeah, but that scene in itself is brilliant. Um, and it's like horrific. She's trying to claw her way out and it's all just clay coming down. But just to think Spielberg was probably off camera there, like, mm. you know, egging her on. Come on. Come on, Joe. Was her name Jojo in real life? Come on, uh, Jojo. Jo- jo Beth Williams. Joe Beth. Come on, Joe Beth. Go, go. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favourites as well. Yeah. No, I do love that scene. I think for me, in terms of a scene that I really love, is the bit where they're pulling the rope through the closet into the <laughs> other world. Um, I just, I think the epic build up to that. I mean, I know it's kind of like you know cheesy because Diane and Steve have a bit of a snog before they're about. Oh, them. it's so sweet. <laughs> I mean, it is, but it's just like, okay, can you go and get your daughter now? Like, you know what I mean? She's trapped in another world. We haven't got time for this. <laughs> it's always time for a little smooch. <laughs> like, I love that scene, and um, just like the aftermath of it, where obviously they fall through and they're covered in all that goo, and they put them into yeah. the water. I just mm. I really love that scene. Yeah, so the water's meant to like cleanse the the evilness, isn't it? Away. Yeah. I was always terrified of the goo when I was little, <laughs> like because it just looks disgusting. Like, I know. It looks horrible, like jelly mixed with what? Well, oh, I don't know. It's just. Ugh. I was I always know, really gross. scared of it. Really scared. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you do you have any? any paranormal experiences like that have ever happened in anywhere you've lived um well me and my brother as I said we were really into like ghosts and mm. and things like that when we were younger and we 100% believed and I, d- I still do now to a certain mm. extent um but we me and my brother swear blind that we have seen a ghost mm. um so my uh granddad um at the time he he used to live in like quite a big old house and it had like three floors and like an attic on top and 
we swear blind, right? We always used to say this attic was always cold and it was like, we said it was haunted and we used to like wind each other up. You know what it's like, like brother and sister <laughs> relationship. Yeah. Um, so we were like up in this attic and we swear we saw something go from one room to the other and we went running down the stairs to the adults and we described what we saw without knowing it was actually, um, we were describing my granddad's mom. And we, we'd never seen like a picture of of her before. And we literally described like a bun on the head and the, what she was wearing and everything. So to this day, we're convinced that's what we, we saw something. Convinced. <laughs> yeah. That's, that is quite, quite creepy. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Have you ever? Oh, uh, do you know what? I, I'm one of those people where like, oh, yeah, there's probably, there's probably spirits and stuff, blah, blah, mm. blah. I didn't really believe until I rented a house and we were only there for Taylor's oldest time. We were only there for a couple of months. Yeah. This, <laughs> I'll set the scene for you. Perfect suburban area, right near my mum. Dream house to rent. I was like, this, oh, this is, this is a beautiful house. I move in, me and my husband move in. Instantly, I felt something's not right about this place Ooh, which was yeah. weird mm. in this house i'll give you some highlights so <laughs> my cat died um i lost my job um oh. i was rushed to hospital twice because i couldn't breathe oh my gosh yeah I was in, uh, the first time I remember I was in bed and it literally felt like someone was sitting on my chest crushing mm. me and I just couldn't breathe. So I went straight to hospital. Um, absolutely fine. When I was in the hospital, I had spirometry for asthma, spirometry test for asthma. My uh, peak flow was fine. My peak flow when I was in the house was awful. Like there was nothing there. But yeah. it was absolutely fine after. Then it happened again a couple of weeks later. Um, again absolutely fine when I got to the hospital and just basically me and my husband had such bad luck in this place mm. that we decided we're going to move anyway um, and it was just as we were leaving we never really spoke to any of the neighbours properly and one came out and said oh you're moving yeah uh, people don't stay in that house very long did you know that the landlord's dad died in that house and nobody <gasps> found him for weeks <gasps> oh no <laughs> I mean, go figure with that one. But oh, <laughs> that yeah. made me believe. I mean, there was other weird shit as well. Like, you know, I, I know people always say this, like, things moved and then you'd mm-hmm. look and that wasn't there before. Stuff like that, it really played on my mind when I was in there. So yeah. maybe that was it, but I'm convinced. I was convinced after Sound, that. Yeah, like, it sounds <laughs> like it. Like, I mean, I know we probably all live in houses where maybe people have mm. died. You know, it's, it's going to have happened. But, oh, no, I just don't like the, to think about it. It's like, oh. It was just, like, everything that could go wrong just mm. went wrong. Like, it was just, just bad luck. Then things were happening to both me and my husband. And I was just like, do you know what? This this place is fucking definitely. evil. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, like, do you – like, I always remember um, – like if a picture like falls off a wall like randomly it's meant to be like someone has died um or something like that and that has happened to me like I've had I've woke up in the night pictures fallen off the wall and woke me up 
there's no reason why it's fell off the wall it's literally just come off and then the next day you've had some like bad news or or something like that and that that's happened quite a lot and i think that yeah. might have happened to on the set of um Pol- poltergeist <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> first time ever um yeah on the set i think jojo beth experienced like this thing with the um going home after filming and like pictures were off the wall or like crooked i read that as well yeah and i really do i i do believe in stuff like that but more in like oh god kind of way like scared (laughs) yeah no absolutely i mean it as i say after that experience i was kind of like i mean when i was a kid i used to terrifying yeah i used to go ghost hunting with my friends for a laugh but that was just to take the mic but after that i was like no i I really believe this (laughs) ghost spirits whatever the hell they are um i I believe there are good ones yeah (laughs) oh yeah definitely but like as i say my brother me and my brother are obsessed with ghosts and you know if we ever went on like um like a family outing or something we would look for like the haunted places that we could Mm. like wind each other up about like a ghost that lived there and there used to be like this castle where this gray lady was meant to haunt so we used to we used to just try and uh you know scare each other to death basically and i think it's like (laughs) stayed with me because now i'm just scared of everything (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm certainly more scared of real life than i am of horror movies i'll put it that way (laughs) (laughs) um so obviously we've just as i've said toby hooper directed the film Mm. however there has been speculation that actually Steven Spielberg took charge of most of it. Um, and he told the LA Times in 1982 that Toby isn't a take charge kind of guy, which made many to assume that it wasn't actually Toby Hooper who directed most of the film. Because mm. like we said as well, and I think most people would agree with this, visually and the way it feels, it just feels so much like a Steven Spielberg um, yeah. film. And um, the rumour is that contractually he couldn't direct another film at the same time as E.T. Mm. So this was his loophole to do the film. Yeah. But many people in the production are split. Some say, oh, no, Toby Hooper was very much on set. He was the one who did this, this and this. And others are saying, no, Steven Spielberg was there a lot. He did this, this and this. But, Mm. um, I mean... It just, I mean, I, I like Toby Hooper. Obviously, I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. But if I was, to, if someone said to me, okay, don't look at the directors for these films, watch these films, I would say it's not the same director. No, I, I, it's very Spielberg. Like, if, if I didn't know, I would or think I would automatically presume it's Spielberg. Like, mm. even like some of the shots, I mean, you'd probably know better than me on this, but like some of the shots where there are these like low shots, mm. um, especially like, again, towards the end um, where I think you've got Diane like on the floor and the monster's coming out of the door of the mm. room. And it's, it's quite like a low shot. And it's it's to me, that's like a bit of a Spielberg trait. He does these kind of low shots that make you look up. That's the only way I can explain it. Um, as I say, you'd probably <laughs> explain yeah, no, it I, so I, much better yeah. than me. But no, it, I to- totally get it. Like the camera work and the, like again, like the, the use of the use of color, the, the imagery mm. that's used. And I mean, I know it's 
um, Jerry Goldsmith, who did, did the musical score, but again, it's very Spielberg. Mm. Um, I mean, apparently, Toby Hooper was offered ET first before this. Yeah, I read that. Mm. It's surprising, but can you imagine ET? <laughs> <laughs> what that would have turned out like? <laughs> like, <laughs> just be ET with a chainsaw, maybe, yeah. or something like that. ET but... with a chainsaw, standard stuff. <laughs> but, but I think they were only they were filming ET like twenty minutes away from yeah. um, from this filming location, and so that to me was quite interesting. I thought, well, yeah, I, he did that for a reason, and it, yeah. it was a loophole. He wanted to do it, and. He wrote it, didn't he, Spielberg? Did he write yeah, it? Yeah, um, him and, and two other blokes uh, wrote, yeah. wrote Poltergeist anyway. But so apparently... Sorry, Leroy. I was going to say, apparently it was Toby Hooper's um, general idea of a ghost story, but that's as far as that went, I believe. Because mm, obviously if he's quite invested in the story and he knows it's probably going to be a good one, you know, he's going to want his stamp on things. And mm. I definitely think he, he had more to do with it and it's interesting as well that the film so et and poltergeist yay okay. um <laughs> we're just gonna cheer i'm so right? sorry <laughs> <laughs> we should have like we should have got like a drinking game and so the amount of times i say it right but <laughs> wrong even um but yeah i think they were released like two weeks apart at the, the theater um at the time and to me that's like well, no, it's not crazy because you're not meant to think it's directed by Spielberg, but it is crazy in, in one respect, isn't it? Like two yeah. weeks apart. And I think they're called the summer of 82, like Spielberg summer or something because of these two films. Mm. And, uh, I mean, I know he had um, loads of delays on E.T., so it's probably that's probably what he was doing in between, just mm. going back and forth between the two. Yeah. Um, but I mean, either way, it's a, it's a good it's it's a good film. It, I mean, I I personally don't care who directed it as long as the film is good and it it was. So. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and I did read as well that Stephen King was going to be one of the writers. Mm-hmm. So could could you imagine it being written by Stephen King? Like, do you think it would changed the feel of the story? I, I think it might have. I think it would have. Yeah, I think it would have been a bit darker, but. I mean, originally when they were shooting some ideas around, it was going to be a, a really dark film anyway because Carol Ann was apparently meant to die in the first oh, act of the film. Really? And it was meant to be about her, just her generally being the poltergeist in the house. But, oh, wow. Um, that was an idea that got shot around, but they thought it would be far too dark, which mm. it would be, I think. Yeah. Can you imagine? That was just oh, it'd be just a totally different film, wouldn't it? Like just totally different. I think it wouldn't have been as good. No, absolutely. Mm. That's that's there is like that sort of it's very endearing the film, even though it's mm. a horror film. So I mean, yeah, yeah. I think one of the characters um, is it uh, the one who Zelda Rube, is it Rubenstein plays? Yeah. Um, she she kind of comments on the house having a lot of heart and like there yeah. is like lots of heart objects around the house. But I just think that line, you know, this house has got a lot of heart, sums up the film because mm. you know that that heart and that love to get your child back from this unknown entity and there's a there is a lot of love in that house just generally without the heart objects and 
yeah, I just thought that line was just like perfection. Yeah. <laughs> it is really sweet line. Yeah. I mean, even though the the film is pretty endearing and kind of wholesome in a way, mm. the whole franchise is apparently cursed. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, just generally some of the things that have happened. Unfortunately, Dominique June, who played Dana, um, mm. not too long after the film was re- um, released, um, she was murdered by her boyfriend. Yeah. Um, which was, you know, that's really sad. Mm. Um, but then as it went over to Poltergeist 2, The Other Side, Part 2, which is a completely different film altogether, yeah. that film is creepy. <laughs> it is creepy. Um, uh, part two actors Julian Beck who played the really creepy Reverend Kane Mm -hmm. Um, he died from a long battle with stomach cancer Um, and I think that was I can't remember if it was during the production or just after but I know he might have been just after yeah Yeah. I know some of his lines had to be looped by somebody else because obviously he wasn't on hand to to go over them Mm. Um, and Will Sampson who uh, was famous for being in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest um, who played Taylor the Native American Mm. he died um, not long after the movie's release as well Um, and then of course sadly Heather O'Rourke who played Caroline she Mm. died from cardiac arrest due to intestinal uh, stenosis Mm. Uh, but they misdiagnosed it as Crohn's disease, so she was—I think she was on the wrong medication—and such um, a tragedy that I know she she was such a brilliant actress, and like, mm. can you imagine? She would have been so big, I think. Yeah, she would have been. She would have she been really huge. Have. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it's, um, a lot, a lot of curse. But they say it might be because they put real skeletons in those um, in yeah. that swimming pool scene. What do you think? What do you think on that? Hundred percent believe that. <laughs> yeah, I do as well. I mean, to be fair, if I was on a film set and somebody said to me, "Hey, you know those uh, skeletons in that pool you just been in? <laughs> They're real." I would yeah, have been like, "Yeah, shut up." <laughs> they didn't tell her, did they? They didn't tell her. So no. after the scene, um, so Diane, the the mom, so um, they, they didn't tell her until after that they were real skeletons. No, no way. I would Absolutely be like, no. <laughs> So apparently it was cheaper to than making a, a model skeleton, which I find very hard to build. I mean, I, I don't know where did they source the skeletons from? Did they just <laughs> dig up a grave and go, there you go, let's just lob them in the swimming pool? Just like on, on skeletons.com. <laughs> Free skeletons for film crews. <laughs> I mean, it, it did. It spooked, it spooked out Will Sampson in part two so much. Apparently he did an exorcism on the, on the set after they wrapped <gasps> the film in of part two. So they still used real ones in the second film. No, apparently in the second in the second film because he knew that they used skeletons in the first oh, one. Okay. Real. Um, he he got really superstitious, so he performed some exorcism or ritual. Um, <laughs> I love that. When production wrapped, <laughs> um, I, I would do that as well. Like I would totally yeah. do that. It sounds um, like something I'll just get sage everywhere, just like, just, yeah. <laughs> like just in the ball clothes, like, oh, what's that smell? Just all the sage. <laughs> I mean, as well as a kid, I, like I, I heard these these urban legends of the Poltergeist case. Mm-hmm. They always got mixed up, so I'm interested. Did you ever hear something completely different? Yeah, so I always heard that Heather O'Rourke died whilst filming Poltergeist. 
Poltergeist. Ah, Poltergeist. Ah. Uh, Poltergeist Polter three. Um, because I haven't seen that film for a while, but is there something to do with the hotel room in that one? I think. Yes. Yeah. So I always heard that she jumped out of the window of mm. that hotel because she was too scared of the actual ghosts because she was starting to actually see them in real life. So that's what I heard. I mean, I feel awful that. saying that, knowing what actually really <laughs> happened. But I know. that is definitely a rumour that went around about the films. Definitely. Yeah. I, I heard I've heard that rumor as well. I mean, mm. this is the thing the pl the playground or the you know the room is just it's like I'm sure you've heard the Marilyn Manson rib rumor. It's like that. Mm. It just you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, the one I heard was a little bit darker. And again, uh, like obviously no disrespect to my family mm. for this, but this yeah. is what what I heard as a kid. But I heard that um, the rumor that went round was that her dad killed her, which got I think got mixed up with Dominic June's boyfriend oh, killing her and yeah. such and um, mm. so that was what I always thought for, for years until I researched the film as I, mm. when I was in my teens but yeah they, they always seem to get mixed up yeah um, nowadays like well not nowadays but back then they used to get mixed up quite a bit yeah and obviously back then you had no internet um to like confirm anything like nowadays you can type in curses and you know of certain films and you know see proper information but back then it was literally just rumor mill yeah um, you know what what you heard and that and but it's amazing in a way that we've both said the rumors that we heard were about heather o'rourke yeah that just to me shows what an impact she had you know in those films and also you know just as as the child that she was the child actress you know that mm. she was that she just made an impact that people still talk about this film or even the curse and, and what happened to her nowadays it's quite powerful yeah mm. I mean it is sad as well because I think I mean Poltergeist 3 is always it's always um you know said to be the, the worst of the franchise mm. and um it does does end quite abruptly to be fair but I think that's probably because um you know once they were going through it and what have mm. you they probably just gave up because yeah it's such a tragedy yeah um what happened but yeah, it is a shame. Um, yeah. I mean, apparently as well, um, I mean, she could, this, this ties in a little bit, she could have been like Drew Barrymore, she could have done so many films after that, mm. and she probably would be famous to this day, I think. But yeah. interestingly, Drew Barrymore auditioned for Caroline. Oh, okay. But Steven Spielberg wanted someone who looked a little bit more angelic, so like, obviously the, the white hair was yeah. perfect for the role, and that's how she got the audition for ET, so that's why Drew Barrymore ends up being ah, in ET. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and I think as well, when Heather didn't when Heather O'Rourke auditioned, I think originally, like, I don't think Spielberg liked her because she just kept giggling <laughs> or <Yeah>. something. <laughs> and then I think he told her to come back and bring like a scary book and then do like a scream. Mm. And apparently it was the scream that, that sold it, that he was like, That's the that's the girl kind of thing. Ooh. And that's all we need to do is just go and audition and scream and then we can, we can be in a horror <laughs> film, Leroy. I mean, they'll probably put me in some sort of asylum straight after to just, like, turn up and screaming, but there we go. I've always wanted to be, like, a dead body, like, in a horror <laughs> film or, like, 
like I always used to have in my bio, like on Facebook or something, like or ambition to be a dead body on CSI, like you know, like on the slab, like yeah. in the um, in the morgue, like just to be a dead body. I don't want to do any acting. <laughs> Just be dead and yeah. be cut open. <laughs> On your IMBD, it just says dead body number three. Probably <laughs> <laughs> be like dead body number 50 or something, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, how about that? you know, if that's all I've got to do is go to an audition and scream, I could be that dead body next time. You never <laughs> know. That's true. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, things, stranger things have happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, could, I could see the appeal. <laughs> you can't really, can you, Lou? No. You're, actually, you're actually thinking, what the? We're going to cancel this chat <laughs> now. Nah. Nah. <laughs> uh, I mean, to be fair, I always say to people, if I'm, if I'm in a horror film, I always want to be the first, like, the first victim. But I really <laughs> want the story to focus on me and then just, like, gone. Like, you know, very much Janet Lee and Psycho. That's why I always say if I was in a horror film, I'd love to do Psycho, but a male version of Marion. Just so you just kinda like, yeah, yeah. gone. I I would just die first because I'd just be rubbish because I'm just so scared. Like they'd say run and I'd run in the opposite direction. I would like be the one falling over. So I would like just die first, not through my own choice, but just through my stupidity. <laughs> Uh, honestly i can't even yeah it's true even my husband would say that he'd be like yeah she'd be a gunner she wouldn't last and it would be like the first two minutes as well i wouldn't even last like five minutes i wouldn't wouldn't last no scream opening it would be like two minutes and i'd be gone (laughs) victim number one (laughs) bottom of the imbd (laughs) then at least i get my dead body credit i guess yeah that's true um in terms of characters who's your favorite character in this film oh my favorite character um i hope i say her name right is tangina yes i love her and i forgot <laughs> look, look i'm so passionate about it because i just loved her so much but i forgot i think she was one of the ones i had forgot about um just generally f- until I rewatched it and then I was like oh yeah and mm. she was brilliant she's like obviously this medium that they bring in because she must be like top of a game mm. um and apparently in real life um so Zelda Rubenstein I really hope that's her real name because yeah, that's such an yeah. awesome, oh, so awesome <laughs> um but yeah apparently she's actually like a bit of a medium in real life mm. as well and she just played the part perfectly. Like, I can't... And it was some of the little one-liners that she did. Like, I, I wrote down um, when they're tying the rope um, mm. around um, Diane's waist. And she's like, um, help me tie the ro- rope around my waist. So Tangina was going to go in there. And then <laughs> Diane was like, what do you think you're doing? And she's like, I'm going in after her. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and Diane says, she won't come to you. She'll come to me. Um, and Tangina says, you've never done this before. And Diane says, neither of you. And then there's like a pause. And then she's like, you're right, you go. <laughs> and it's like just a pure, like, in this horror moment. <laughs> this is just pure, like, one-liner comedy. And it's deadpan 
the way that she says it. And like, <sighs> she was just, just my favourite, favourite, favourite. But yeah, and I think like when you first get introduced to her as well, she's like, can you all stand back? You're, you're ruining my frequency. And it's just, I loved her. She, she was great. She's my, my favourite as well. She's yeah. such a mood, especially I was like saying this when I was watching it to my husband. I was just like, look at her heels. She's just <laughs> such a boss. She was great. Oh, I love her. My favourite bit with her is um, when Steve's just like, I can't believe you've brought this, this like, weirdo to my house and then she just comes around the corner when I go over here and just goes am I addressing the living? (laughs) (laughs) I just think she was the perfect casting choice for that moment because obviously it's quite dramatic they're trying to get um, you know get the child the child out of like the beast's arms kind of thing and like you know through through this rope system and whatever but it's just like you just needed it at that moment and I just think it wasn't like pure comedy but Mm. it was just the right amount of one-liners to make you just break the mood a little bit if that makes yeah. sense. Oh, she was just she's has she been in anything else? Yes. Um have you ever seen Team Witch? No, I don't think I've seen that. Right. Add that to your watch list. Right, okay. It's it's a musical eighties film that was meant to be a spin-off of Team Wolf. Oh. And it really isn't. <laughs> um <laughs> But she plays a medium in that called um oh I can't remember her name now, but she's she's the one who Robin Lively's character um goes to and realizes that she's a witch, basically. Oh, but she's brilliant in that as well. I need to watch that. Yeah. Uh, you'll get the song stuck in your head, but the soundtrack isn't available because they lost the master tapes. What? Yeah. I swear <laughs> to God, you'll be humming those songs to yourself while you're doing the dishes. I still do now. I put them have... on YouTube all the time. <laughs> I'm after going to go old school and get my tape recorder out and record it from the TV, you know, like we used to do. I used to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my favourite my favorite uh, thing about... With Tangina, actually, something else... <laughs> I don't know if you ever did this with your parents, but <laughs> you know when you look at someone in the film, you go, that's you. <laughs> I do this to my mum with Tangina and Mama Fratelli from the Goonies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh and Annie Wilkes from Misery and Nurse Ratchet from One Flew the Oh Cookies my there. gosh. Like, when you put this episode up, you're going to have to put a picture of your mum up now. There <laughs> yeah, It's because my mum, like, my mum was a nurse for years. So that's where the whole Nurse Ratchet, Annie Wilkes thing comes in. Yeah. But she was, she's, also, she's a cleaner now. Yeah. Um, so when, when Tangina says, this house is clean, I always say that's, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm never going to watch that the same again. I'm just going to think of Leroy's mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love no. that. I'm going to start doing that. That would actually make like some films more comical. <laughs> I, know, I always love winding my mum up by saying that she's like, <laughs> oh, the worst one's probably Olga from The Dark Crystal. <gasps> <laughs> I've recently watched that as well, and oh no, oh you're cool. <laughs> Mom. I know she's yeah. You know, we torture her. Oh, we love her. Yes. 
<laughs> oh dear. I'm so uh, glad that our favourite character was the same. Because um yeah. yeah, she was great. She was great. Yeah, she was brilliant. And um what about favourite so I mean you said some lines there, which I'm assuming are gonna be your favourite. What's your favourite line in the film? Oh my favourite line, so is from um is it Doctor Doctor Leash? I think, yes. yeah, is that how you pronounce it? So I love the line when she says, some people believe that when you die, there's a wonderful light as bright as the sun, but it doesn't hurt to look into. Um, all the answers to all the questions you want to know are inside the light, and when you walk to it, you become part of it forever. Now, some people die, but then they don't know they're gone. And that, and the way she delivers that line, because mm-hmm. they're like in this scene which is very Spielberg-esque scene where it's like they're, you know, you can't take your eyes off them and they're like whispering to each other because they're trying to be quiet because of the kids, but they're whispering to each other. And when she says it, it's just like, it just captivates you and like Mm. it makes me go cold every time I hear it. She is very underrated in this film. No one really Mm. ever talks about about that leash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When she's on camera... You can't take your eyes off her, but I can't explain why. She's just got this, mm. like, sense of you're just intrigued by her a little bit. And maybe that's the character she's playing. But I think it is the lines that she was given as well. Yeah. Um, amazing. She she was really good. What about you? What's, what's your favourite? My favourite line in this whole film is right at the end when Steve says to his boss, you only move the headstones. You only move the headstones. <laughs> I love that bit. I remember watching that when I was younger and being like really shocked about it. Mm. Um, like just the thought that like, oh my God, there's all these dead bodies under the houses. And again, that's like stayed with me forever. Like now I always like joke to my mom and that I'm like, oh, I wonder if anyone's buried under the house. Like mm-hmm. and it does stem from that film. A lot stemmed from this film for me. Definitely. I know, yeah. But that's it's, such yeah. a great line. <laughs> I know. I just love the way he says it. It just gets so annoyed. Um, I mean, did you did you pick up anything new rewatching it, like something specific? Because I picked up something that makes so much sense now that to the whole plot, actually. So oh, I'm intrigued okay. to what you picked up. I think the, the only thing I picked up was obviously, as we mentioned earlier, the weed um, that that the, <laughs> the parents are, are smoking in the bedroom and that's just something that would have just passed over me as a child. And I think maybe like some of the um, lines, like I don't think I appreciated the um, horror of like, you know, the stake when they, the stake Mm. going across the thing. I don't think when I was younger, I think I just found that funny. (laughs) Because the stake (laughs) moving across the the, um, counter. Um, But, this time round, I appreciated like how horrific that scene and the scene that follows with the face mm. uh, actually was. But for me, I think it was just more scenes than the actual story. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I picked up on, and I can't believe I've again seen this film thousands of times. I've never picked up on the fact that Steve mentions to his boss during the graveyard scene that Carol Ann was born in that house, which makes sense why oh, the yes. spirits probably attached themselves to her because she was a new, lease, a new form of life. Yes, yeah, I've never thought about that. But now I think about it, I did think, oh, okay, that's interesting. That's why she, she got taken 
Mm. Um, yeah, but it does make sense to the whole, and even for the sequel. Um, yeah, especially the sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think Tangina brings it brings it up actually. Um, again, I've not seen the sequel for ages, but re- reading about it, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense now. How did that I does. not know this? Yeah, that does make <laughs> sense. So this is why I like rewatching films. Um, you know, even years after, because you just pick up these little snippets of information it's just like it just changes like what you think it's amazing <laughs> i know that's why i do like re- revisiting films even if i've seen them loads of times and it's been ages since i've watched them i i most of the time i'll pick up something completely new and like i mean here we go that's a whole big plot point <laughs> that mm. i just clearly missed most of my my life but yeah <laughs> and the, do you know what i did pick up as well was um, unless I just totally blanked out. But where was the dog in most of what was going on? <laughs> because the dog was very prominent at the beginning. Yeah. And then they, the dog kind of disappeared. And then I'm sure the dog was there at the end in the car, I think. But, yeah, either that I think or... it was. Yeah, but where yeah, was it the was, dog? <laughs> he went with Robbie, didn't he, when they were... Um, when oh, they were... yes. But then course. even when Robbie came back... Well, I don't remember seeing it. No, no. <laughs> it was just the thought that I was like, oh, where did the dog disappear to? <laughs> what happened to the dog? Hmm. What did they Another do? Another curse of the film. I <laughs> know, oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Can you imagine? I know. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, as well, there's a, a very awful remake of this film have you seen it i have and i wish that i had never seen it because it is awful it's like i'm sure they changed the whole story like i think they did yeah it just didn't it didn't have the same feel to it and i think they tried they tried to be a bit clever with it and it just didn't work (laughs) i know and even even like the casting as well just the whole thing felt off like you would think for something that was a steven spielberg produced produced mm. directed whichever we're gonna go with that <laughs> uh film would have a lot more you know a lot more ugh, yeah to it to be yeah. honest but and and just... the thing is as well with the remake they really focused the promotional stuff on the clown yeah um because I remember seeing it because I have to admit, like when that scene was coming up with the clown in, you know, in the original, I could feel like my chest getting tight and I was getting anxious because it just obviously had such an impact on me. So when I saw that the remake was focusing a lot of the promotion on the clown, it really put me off watching it because I was scared. Yeah. Um, but they just, I think they honed in on the right, things that scared us when we were younger when we watched it but it just they didn't pay off it didn't no. didn't do what they wanted it to do no absolutely so, not and yeah. this this is why i'm a firm believer with with classic films like this just don't touch them yeah um i mean even nowadays with requels and what have you like if if poltergeist had a requel i don't think it would work for a start no but like at first, this kind of going off topic a little bit, but with requels, I was like, I really embraced like, oh yeah, we're getting the Halloween sequel mm. and stuff. As that's going along, I'm getting more and more like, no, nah, just don't touch them anymore. Yeah, there's <laughs> got to be a point where you draw a line and you kind of think, no, let's leave the old stuff as is. Mm. Um, 
you know, apart from Scream, we love Scream. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, with Scream, I think that's something that you can keep using that yeah. same sort of formula with and adapting. So even if they did get rid of Neve, Neve Campbell yeah. and Courtney Cox and... But yeah, no, I think you're right. Like, Scream, because it set itself up originally as this, you know, tongue-in-cheek against horror films and things i think it can get away with it but the yeah. things like halloween you've got to draw a line at some point it's just yeah. it's just gonna stop working <laughs> well, it's, exactly it's not not great is it at the moment but yeah no, i mean i when i went to go and see like the halloween films like like as i said i was all for it i watched the first halloween thoughts it was great i watched halloween kills i've watched it again i've watched it again and mm. i'm kind of like no, this ain't it. Halloween H2O. My, my perfect trilogy, Halloween, Halloween 2 and Halloween H2O. I love, I love Halloween H2O. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But even nowadays, like with that remake, I feel like that was just like a, a cheap cash in. But even if they were to do a requel of Poltergeist, mm. where they followed the Freeling family now, I just don't see how that would that would work anyway so mm. i'm kind of hoping that's not what's next on the cards for a lot of a lot of classic films to be honest and, because i don't think it works for a lot of them and could you imagine it updated to like modern day so just say they didn't set it like back in the 80s or whatever mm. could you imagine it set in like present day where you've got like mobile phones and tablets and things rather than just like your standard tv it would be it would actually be a bit scary, but it would. But would it work? I mean, a poltergeist coming out of TikTok, just, just... <laughs> doing a dance. So that's what it would be. It'll probably be sponsored by TikTok, Instagram. <laughs> oh, dude, there'll be like a new dance craze out there. We've all got to learn it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it'd be crazy. So I don't think, yeah, I just don't think it would have that same appeal. That again, that's what's endearing and beautiful about it. It's it's eighties. 80s America in suburbia with a, a family of five and it just works for the time period. I mean, mm. you know, little Robbie's room's covered in Star Wars because Steven oh, Spielberg's placement. Mate. Yeah, yeah. Product <laughs> placement. So much Star Wars. I was like, how so much, much Star Wars? I couldn't believe it because I always thought prod- Star Wars product placement, whether back then it was different, but nowadays, surely that would cost an absolute fortune for that product placement. Yeah, it um, would do now. Yeah. I think because obviously Steven Spielberg is really good mates with George Lucas. Mm. Probably, it would probably just put it in. It was yeah. like fine back then, but yeah, nowadays it would probably be the budget of the film to yeah. put all, all yeah. the oh, There's so much like bedspreads, toys, everything. Light switch. Oh, yeah, the light <laughs> switch. Oh gosh, so much. <laughs> So I want to say thank you so much for coming on to Slash the Car and talking about this with me. Oh, I've had so you. much fun. Thanks for having me. It's been great. That's oh, no problem at all. <laughs> I will I will try and think I will I will always think of poltergeist in the way you say it every time I think of poltergeist now. Pol- poltergeist. Poltergeist. <laughs> oh, one of these days. Honestly, I did practice. I promise you, I did practice before. <laughs> before for many weeks when we decided that this is the film we're going to do i did practice but it obviously didn't work (laughs) (laughs) just years of saying it that way isn't it (laughs) i've had such a blast talking to you so thank you again for coming on thank you um, 
Oh, it's no problem at all. <laughs> and um, yeah, guys, until next time on Slashic Horror, I'll see you soon. Bye, guys. <laughs>